¿Buscas trabajo? Únete a un equipo ganador. Swissport está contratando agentes de carga, empleado para recarga de combustible y agentes para manejo de personal de tierra. Swissport ofrece entrenamiento pagado, salario competitivo y mucho más. Están contratando para el Aeropuerto Internacional Doles. Para más información envía un texto con la palabra Swissport al 2200 o visita Swissport.com diagonal careers. Palabra Swissport al 2200 o visita Swissport.com diagonal careers. The, is it morning yet? Deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about tasty apples, delicious tarts, and the queen's forbidden fruit. <laughs> I didn't call it that. She called it that. That is not my fault. I laughed at the same part. <laughs> How do I get her to taste my forbidden fruit? Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that moment a million fan arts were born. Hello, I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying that, like, back to back episodes, uh, just full of just sexual innu- innuendo. I'm down. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had wood yep. last week. We did have Forbidden wood. Forbidden fruit this week. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's to come in the season? Oh, no! <laughs> Starting out strong <laughs> no, today. No, I'm doing it. <laughs> Starting out strong today. I swear that that was completely an accident, but it was a starting slip one. Ah. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So, so, so anyway, so yes, we are here to talk about uh, season one, episode twenty-one, an apple red as blood. This is the first half of what is considered kind of like a two-part season one finale, a big moment for the series. Big moment for podcast because I'm very excited to talk about these two episodes. Yes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. I thought I got, yes. I no, I was going to say, right, I got cool. mad when it ended where it did. I forgot that there was a cliffhanger <gasps> and I went, oh. no. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's going to do it. I remember that he does it and then he does it and they cut to black. I'm like, no. Oh, I'm so <laughs> mad. <laughs> Uh, but before we dive into the episode, just want to give a little shameless plug for myself um, because I had an article come out this week on io9 uh, that I'm really proud of, worked on for a very long time. Uh, it's about a comic book company called Terrific Production and its owner uh, named Andrew Rev, and who's been accused of uh, basically uh, not paying writers and artists for the work they did for the company. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there I can't even get into. If you haven't checked it out, I do recommend it. It is about 4,000 words, so sit down. It, it takes a while. Oh, okay. Well, just, yeah, just get a, like a cup of mold cider, mm-hmm. cozy up, because it's fall time now. The leaves are falling. Just, you know, sip and, sip and read an excellent, excellent article that I've definitely mm-hmm. already read. 
Yes. Oh, yes, you have? Oh, yes. I definitely have. What was your, what was your favorite part? Oh, Beth, you can't make me choose. I love all of it, every single bit of it equally. <laughs> it was all wonderful. <laughs> um, I don't, and I don't have anything to plug. Um, register to vote. I will plug voting. Yay, yes. Voting. A lot of deadlines are coming up in states. Some of them have already passed. Hopefully, if it passed in your state, you're already registered. Uh, and find the best and safest way to vote. Please do so because every election is important, but this one's very important. Listen, so I feel like now, Beth, you and I, we are elder millennials. Yep. I feel like this is like, there's there's got to be a breaking point. Like, I feel like our entire lives starting in, I don't know, the third quarter of 2001, we'll just say that. Uh, Mm -hmm. everything started kind of ramping up and everything started getting serious every election at a certain point. It's got just like, this is like with like game of Thrones, which by the way, we talked about on Patreon. We were only going to talk for 30 minutes and then we talked for well over an hour. Um, or like with what happens with once upon a time, it just keeps getting, it keeps like one upping itself to the point where Mm -hmm. there's nowhere else for it to go. And I just want to say, I think I, what, I, you know what? I don't even want to breathe it into existence and say the scary thing of like what could, what could be worse than this. But I swear, it's always just like you have to vote this year. You have to. Uh, anyway, yes. I, I mean, very I think scary. that's that's been a general. It's, I think that has probably existed in our predecessors' lives, just in different ways that we weren't aware of. But I think there's a lot of reasons why this is ramped up to the point that it has. Uh, but just exercise your right to vote. Do so safely. Um, we'll, Stay in, line. You know, in the show notes, I will also include a couple links for information for how to register to vote in your state. If you um, have the ability to do so, how you can register to be a um, a poll uh, helper, uh, poll assistant, because they're definitely needing some of those in some states. And just to you know, be awesome and supportive because <laughs> voting is good. So. So this is just random anecdote, but um, so mm-hmm. they sent out a thing for everyone in Ohio of like that we need we need people to work at the polls. Um, so here is a map of Ohio. Like even though our deadline is passed on on signing up for it, they're like, but we'll we'll still take people because we're shorthanded in some of these areas. Uh, here is a map of Ohio, and all of the green parts need people to work at the polls. Beth, I'm not even kind of kidding when I tell you it was the entire state from tip oh, to no. tip. Like, why did this graphic exist? Why did you make this? This isn't informative. It's just literally everywhere. So, yes, I think that there is definite support um, or need for support because it's a it's a very weird time. Because, I mean, I, I you mm-hmm. know, most people would have no problem because guess who usually works at the polls? The older generation. And guess who we don't want at the polls right now due to scary things mm-hmm. floating through the air so anyway yes i will also second especially if you work in live in ohio apparently we need a bunch um yes so voting voting in beth's article the two most important things you will do all week check your voting registration and read beth's article other than <laughs> listen to this podcast because we're about to talk about once upon a time and what could be more important than a several year old show oh. and a recap podcast talking about it you know what if you have to stand in line to vote maybe listen to us we'll have a good time <laughs> Because there's a lot of very um odd things that happen in this episode. So let's do it. Yes, we start with some a little bit of moida. You know, Muter. like you do. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have this very 
weird scene. Like somebody was flexing their director, their cast director <laughs> muscles this week because you have like Regina and Henry are sitting down at eating dinner, eating the most disgusting looking red meat on the planet it's kind of hard to make red meat not look i mean i haven't had red meat in like 10 years so it always looks nasty to me uh but like this looked particularly gross like there's like you can look at red i and i get it and i as a red eater red meat eater myself like sometimes it's just you can make it not look appetizing but yeah this looked bad like this, this would be like one of those things you're presented and you're like oh god i hope they have a dog Although I also don't want to feed the dog this. But yeah, this that's I think that was supposed to be your, your tip off that what was happening wasn't real because Regina would yeah. never make her son eat anything that didn't look like like desperate housewives level perfection. Yeah, this was like raw roast beef. Yeah. Just dangling like gizzards. I don't no, know. This, anyway. Someone got someone got a what do my dreams mean book. And we're just like, uh, <laughs> rancid meat for dinner. It means you're ingesting only bad things. And it all just kind of spirals from there. Like, also, the doorbell mm-hmm. didn't sound normal. She was like, oh, I wasn't yeah. expecting anybody. I'm like, I don't know what that sound indicated. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounded like her, like, printer was in- indicating it was out of ink. Like, <laughs> beep, beep. But yeah, the uh, the doorbell, the printer doorbell rings. And it is Emma in her signature red jacket. And she is eerily calm and she is you know creeping regina out who's like um i didn't invite you i don't want you here for food i'm with my son and she's like no i'm here for something else i'm here to murder you in (laughs) fact boom all of us are and boom henry is too a little boy is gonna watch a murder and be glad about it let's go he also brought the rope it's fine uh yeah so they haul her out and you know all i heard was uh the the scream from wicked burn the witch burn her um or kill the witch is what he says uh, yeah, they they tie her to her apple tree that is inexplicably, mm-hmm. it's a dream, I know this, but it's inexplicably in the middle of town and they're tying her to it. And you kind of gather, obviously, that like when you're watching that this is clearly not real because they're all acting mm-hmm. completely bananas. Um, and it's just like, you took our happiness, now we will take you and we will murder you. And it, it, it ends up with like Emma with the... The, the promised sword but she like she's like i'm gonna murder you but swings it from 20 feet away like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that thing was like just giving her a little haircut yeah it's like, just it, like it i'm didn't... just gonna swing it near your nose ah on guard yeah there were a couple things that were really um interesting about this scene one was the the apple was black and then like turned into like goo ooze (laughs) and it was a very good visual but i also couldn't help but feel really bad for the actress who had to like dribble that thing down her hand and if she had to do more than one take that's just nasty it's it's like being slimed i would have hated it oh and i'm 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 like imagining there's got to be like all kinds of like like weird i love listening to like actors talk about their behind the scenes stuff especially like on podcasts Mm -hmm. they get really into it so all I can imagine is just like, well, we had two of these, but they didn't work. Like they weren't viscous enough. And they found the only way to make them more viscous was to put them in the fridge. So they were just freezing cold. So you squished it in this cold liquid and blah, blah. And it's like, it was probably made out of like garlic paste. So it probably smelled terrible. Like it, <laughs> it was just, and it was very upsetting to watch quite honestly. Yeah. Like it's just like, it's like a, huh, eh, eh. um, but yeah, 
So Regina, Regina gets murdered in her dream. Yeah. And yeah. And Henry watches, which is the other thing that was very disturbing to me. Uh, I mean, it's not like out of the ordinary, although in modern times, like you can't imagine somebody having a child watch uh, someone be executed. Although, you know, we, we have a bad history in the United States of, uh, of unsanctioned executions. And I'm not going to get into that because it's really bad. <laughs> well, but, so they they bring in the old guillotine at the end of this. So, I mean, we could throw it way back to yesteryear and not get well, yeah, political. Like, like, those were, like, big events. Like Yeah, that and, was, like, entertainment. Like, they'd sell trinkets. Yeah, like, Anne Boleyn, kids, step right up. You about to watch some history. Let's do it. Like, because they just... Mm-hmm. They just didn't care. Like, it was it was a... But this this is more of, of Regina just not wanting... Like, not wanting to know her son feels this way about her. Because... Mm-hmm. Even though she knows she's a monster, she doesn't want him to view her as a monster. And also, my favorite part of, like, this entire first season is if you take away the fact, like, if if Henry was genuinely talking about something that wasn't real, every action he makes in this episode is certifiably, like, off the wall. Like, mm-hmm. this... That, like oh my goodness because he like and then we'll we'll get right into that but like even towards the end of the episode i just remember going what would i do if my kid was screaming this stuff at me like what like what do you do like obviously we've had 20 episodes to lead to this point but you're just like uh okay <laughs> <laughs> sure well luckily for regina she wakes up from this terrible nightmare oh phew it's all good i didn't get murdered i'm alive and my son totally still in his bed he's sleeping it's sleep time he's good i'm gonna go back to bed but he's not because emma has kidnapped a screaming child begging to go home and she's just going anyway to the point where he purposely crashes the car so first of all i i and obviously regina did not give birth to henry so but you can apparently experience a lot of postpartum things when you adopt a child um, mm-hmm. that I, I know that she had some version of postpartum anxiety, like, or she didn't have postpartum anxiety because I did very bad. And even to this day, if I go check on my son, I have to check, I have to go all the way up to him, put my hand on his chest and make sure he's breathing because I can't sleep if I don't know positive for sure. I'm not going to stick mm-hmm. like a dagger under his nose to make sure he's breathing, <laughs> um, which we'll get to. But I do, I have to physically check on him and that will be his downfall as a teenager because I will be in my 40s creeping into my teenage son's room and just be like putting my hand on his chest being like, okay, he's breathing. Like, He's going to wake up with a butter knife under his nose. No, it's a sound strategy. I'm just checking. No, I'll be the insane mom because he's going to sneak out one night and he's going to get a phone call from me being like, I went in to check to make sure you were breathing. And not only were you not there, I don't know if you're breathing. <laughs> Tell me if you're breathing. Um, say, say, say something to me. Also, you're grounded. Also, you're grounded so I can check on your breathing for three days straight. Um, so, yes. So I that, I that was something I had to I was like, see, see, if that were me, I'd have already known because I'd have had to throw back his covers and check in his face. Uh, but yes, no, her son is actually being uh, abducted. Yeah, it, cool. but you know what? He he puts an end to it, and uh, that's that whole thing. Because Emma was uh, not exactly thinking rationally, and that comes to bite her in the ass later. But uh, there's, this whole episode is a lot about people kind of 
coming getting comeuppance for bad decisions because yep. Regina makes a whole bunch of bad decisions. The first one is she goes to see Mr. Gold because <laughs> she's noticed her tree has started dying, which was what was happening in her vision. So, oh shit, the curse is weakening. She's got to get this fixed. And she makes the big tried and true mistake. She gets desperate and tells Rumple she's desperate and will do anything. And, you know, nor- in normal circumstances, Rumple would be all over that because holy hell yes, that's that's the kid in a candy store for someone like the Dark One. But in this case, he's just like, nah, no thanks, I'm good. I'm good. But I will give it to Regina. As desperate as she is, she did not give up the final card that she had. She because he he mentions it. He he plies her with it. He's like, "You have nothing that I want." And I'm like, "She does though. She does." And it's in like she's got her in a in a in a mental facility. You have no idea that Belle is alive. Oh, I didn't even I I didn't know what you were talking about. No, that's yeah. a really good point. Although that's not something like that's still an unknown. But yeah, I mean, like we all know that right. No, I mean that's not no. no. We've seen we've seen Belle. We saw her in the uh, yeah. They go. She goes downstairs and she just opens it and you just see Belle sitting there. And then they oh, haven't talked right. about it since. Like it's just like right. oh, she's in an underground bunker. Anyway, and that was like episode seven. Like they've just been letting us stew with this, and I'm furious about it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, no, she she doesn't let that go. But yeah, she's. I, Regina's downfall will always be like if everything doesn't go to plan I'm gonna start panic planning and she does not work good under pressure no at all she does not nope but so Rumpel's not gonna help her he's got his own agenda she knows he wants the curse to end but he won't explain why because he doesn't need to he's got everything and she has nothing so instead she's gonna go to someone else she's gonna go Jefferson and I I hated this scene so much because Jefferson just made the same mistakes as before for no goddamn reason and I hated it basically she goes to him and is like hey I can give you all the shit that you want I can make I can wake your daughter up I can wake you up I can wake anybody up and then he's just like, why wouldn't I just let the curse be broken? And then I can go back with my daughter anyway. And she's like, but then you'll be poor again. And he goes, you got me there. Oh, damn it. I don't want to sell mushrooms anymore. Uh, I will say the the line that made me laugh knowing what the future holds is when he's like, no, I don't want you to wake her up. And then she has two lives in her head like I do. That's a terrible life for somebody. Flash forward about five seasons when all of the main characters have like 15 different lives stuck in their head and they're just like, anyway, what's happening? That is is very true. Uh, But before we head off on Regina and Jefferson's uh, little mission to uh, panic mission, because Regina is terrible and um, like you said, terrible under pressure. uh, We've got um, uh, Emma's Emma's totally mother, because, you know, we all know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, laying a major guilt trip that made me feel uncomfortable. Oh. And I wasn't even there. I started apologizing. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the kind of speech sorry, that, That's the kind of speech that makes you admit to something you didn't do. Like, you're just sitting there being like, I don't know. She's not going to say she's sorry. I'll say I'm sorry, and I will take the punishment. Please, don't be disappointed anymore, because, yes, no. Wow, mom energy. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's not... 
and this is just a test to how good um how good Jennifer Goodwin is as an actress because she managed to throw in that mom mode but also had that layer of she's still just a friend because she doesn't know she's her mother. Yes. And so it's like she's she's upset and and she's angry at Emma for what she did. But I think there's also a part of Mary Margaret that doesn't quite understand why she's reacting this passionately about it because this is not who she normally is. Yes. And I think that that does speak a lot to um, certain friendships. Like if you've ever had a friend that like, I know like in college, like you'd always have like the mom friend that took care of everyone at the bar, you know, like the house mom or anything, but at the, like, not the like house mother of a sorority, but like, you know, there was always like a motherly friend who was kind Mm -hmm. of motherly, but then there was also the ones who gave off that vibe just because that's how they show they care. Like, you did this, it upset me, and I'm going to I'm gonna express that. And I'm going to express it in a way that I know how. And it seems motherly, but it's also coming from a place of love. Because Mary Margaret has bonded with Emma, even in the unknown part of her brain. But also, like, just they have a friendship, the two of them. And, which I do think is funny, because it seems like they've been friends for 20 years at this point. As opposed to mm-hmm. Emma just rolled in three months ago. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I've always been there for you, your entire life. Bitch, I'm, I came here Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I love this speech. I love this. Yeah. And like that line at the end where, where Emma asks like what she's supposed to do, uh, for Henry, like she responds like, you're his mother. That's your job. Figure it out. I was like, oh my God, I, I'm so sorry. I failed you, Mary Margaret. I, I could never forgive myself. I'm a horrible person. Which is also, by the way, a, a and, and again, I don't want to keep talking about future episodes, but this is a character trait that Mary Margaret slash Snow White does not carry forward. Uh, when someone asks for advice at a certain point, you stop giving it because mm-hmm. it's irresponsible for you to be giving advice, especially in a situation like this. It would be irresponsible for Mary Margaret to give advice on this. It has to be what Emma wants. It has to be in that situation. Mary Margaret has no part of it other than an outside, uh, a very biased opinion. So this is, this is A, you're right. Very, like, in the heart of, like, oh, she got me. But at the same time, also very cool move. Like, this is the part where you're like, no, 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 not my place. You need to deal with it in maybe a mature way and not commit a felony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she was none too happy when Emma just casually revealed that she'd almost kidnapped her child. She's like, oh, you left without telling me? Yes, but I also was taking a child. Also kidnapping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it was like, you need to go figure this out. Um, yeah. And by figured out, uh, she ultimately decides that, um, after talking with Archie, that she needs to make amends with Regina, not knowing that Regina is hell-bent on doing the exact opposite. She wants to get rid of Emma once and for all and get rid of this person and 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 remove her from Henry's life. So her st- her strategy is to take have Jefferson go with her using the hat that she has held on to. Uh, go back to the fairy tale world because she can get something there that she needs in order to put an end to Emma once and for all. The problem is is that there's no magic in their world of no magic except a tiny tiny bit of magic that Regina snuck back with her in a few trinkets. So they throw all of them in the hat. It barely works. And uh, it's like, well, you can't. we can't go in, but I can reach my hand in. 
blindly feel around and maybe bring some of them back. Well, to be fair, and we'll get to this, he didn't blindly feel around. They just opened up a hole to make sure it fell through on. Um, I do, interestingly enough... I feel like, like this is even worse. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because she would have to know exact GPS coordinates, which mm-hmm. she shouldn't have. Uh, but but what's interesting about this, and they never actually explain it, which is good on them, but at the same time burns a burns a hole in my brain. She has a plan. She has a plan that she wants to go back and get something as opposed to to, to going back and just being in the other world away from all of them and doing literally anything else. She could have just effing left. <laughs> just left forever. Like, hey, Jefferson, get your daughter. Let's just leave. Like, let's just go. You can live in the castle. Who cares? Anyway, she had a plan. There was a plan. She was going to go get something. But you can tell when Jefferson says, I can grab something small that you can carry in your hand. You just need to tell me exactly where it is. A realization pops up on her face. And so she goes, oh, I have a different plan now. So I wanted to know what her first plan was. Like, it had to have almost been worse. It had to have been much more convoluted. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, well, I'm wondering if she was, like, going to make the thing that she ultimately brings back with her. Maybe she was like, oh, I don't actually have to make it. Because it was already made in the past. Yeah. And I, I guess think maybe, yeah. yeah, I think maybe she wasn't going to travel to the past. She was going to travel to the fairy tale land as it is. I wasn't aware that the hat could time travel. That's too. what was bothering me too. I was like, can this thing time travel? Can we get in this thing and go solve some crimes? Like, let's go <laughs> time crimes. Because I was not aware that you could just be like, I want to go back 28, 30 years and, and do this and get something. Because first of all, now... Now we've got all kinds of like time space continuum problems, butterfly effects. Like, what if a magic bird came and took that apple and it killed some sort of mythical creature that f- something, 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 the economy? Now the economy's destroyed in the future because she took the apple. Listen, I don't or know. Or what if Jefferson could just say, fuck it, go back himself and stop Regina from ever having abandoned him in Wonderland? Or we open it up. To right before Snow says anything to Cora and go, hey, Snow, shut up. And then we close <laughs> it. And we're done. <laughs> so, yeah. So but that's so, not what happens. No, that but isn't we what do happens. Get a, but we do get something else in the past. Mm-hmm. So we go back into the past. And I I will get to the part that, that will make you laugh at me. But so Charming is about to be beheaded french revolution style uh because the king is just so wroth with him <laughs> how is it french revolution style when the king's doing it well i meant just the guillotine i didn't to mean a shepherd like... <laughs> who actually isn't royalty okay so like a reverse french revolution <laughs> <laughs> so in other words just another day in the life of just the, another the day in a french noble um, so so he's gonna do that we go, and again, all I could think about was, you know, is this a real, like, what is this? Like, first of all, you could tell that Charming's head could 100% fit all the way through that stock. Like, it did not <laughs> yeah. hold his head in there. He was just doing it honorably to keep his head there. Uh, but they, I always worry about scenes like this, because I'm just like, this is just like one bad prop from being like, a movie like The Crow. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know why the gun was loaded and blah, blah, blah. A- anyway. That's what I think about with things like that. I'm like, oh my god! So they drop the they drop the blade. It turns to water. Regina shows up and she's like, "Hi, I will double whatever King Midas is paying you." How? J- wow, she's rich. And 
she's like, I will give you, I will double your price. I just want, I want the boy and I would like to take him. He's like, she's like, I will do so much, so much worse than just killing him. He's like, I don't care. Just pay me. I just, that's all we want. We just want money. I, I feel like she can't exactly offer equal to or greater than Midas because Midas could literally offer infinity amount of money. Like, like Midas could just my- show up and poke her in the shoulder and be like, also, I offer you a gold queen. <laughs> she can't top that winner kill the boy uh yeah which i also like that by the way king midas's daughter did not go back and was just like hey please don't murder him yeah like, she's she's she, but no because she's like you're fucking on your own dude bye like she told the she told I guess charming true. like we're dunzos you did a thing i did a thing our our <laughs> Our stakes are, are are our roles are cleared. I never want to see you again. Yeah, we're done. We're I'm running off with my with my uh, gazebo boyfriend. We're off, out of here. So anyway, so she takes charming, and then we go into <laughs> the world's worst guerrilla warfare attack <laughs> I've ever laid eyes on. Like it's super fun. <laughs> it's super fun. I enjoyed watching this, but. It's so corny. It's like at one point, Snow tells them, "Okay, move out." There's like eight of them. Oh, well, I do. Like and this. one of them is an old lady. Like this is bef- like like yeah, like she's she's like a she's like a forest dweller who wears a cloak and she steals from the rich and gives to the poor. She da 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 da. da. Uh, but now she's a commander. Like I I and it's just funny. It's just like one of the people you're leading is a grasshopper. Um, but. They do this, and it's just like, we have to go, and you have to find the right moment. So they wait, and Red shows up, and she has blood on her face, and oh, yeah, she they're like, hey, you've got a person okay. on your face? And she's like, oh, okay, sorry. I'm like, I just, the low-key amount of savageness that they just randomly give Red, we're just like, let's just make her a serial murderer, and no one says anything about it. Yeah, she I, she went to go scout, and by scout, it also meant get a meal. Yeah, and then so she goes out again right before they attack, and then you hear her howl. And she's like, thank you, Red. And then they go thank on Thank you, Red, super- for murdering more people. <laughs> like, thank you, Red. We are now going to go secret ninja murder everybody. But right before we secret ninja murder everybody, we're going to scream at the top of our lungs. It's like they'd get ready and they're at a courtyard and there's all the guards there. And they'd all raise their swords above their head and just scream Winterfell and go running in. It's like you've woken the whole castle. Everyone is awake. Uh, so they, they go and they fight their way through. And it's it's fun. It's super campy and corny. But Oh, so much. They and, go and you've got the their, fairies yeah. on freaking standby. So There's I don't like think. 10,000 of them. I don't think you've seen it yet. But I did post on Facebook a scene from Flash Gordon when the Hawkmen go into attack. And it's literally that scene. It gets literally. <laughs> attack and they all really cornily go because again my first thought was they are five miles from the castle they are as big as my pinky finger that is gonna take them six years there's no way they're gonna fly to that anyway like that's the that's the math problem if you have three fairies and they can travel at this speed how long will it take them to get to the castle to administer a lot of sleeping powder apparently because that's how fairies attack and dear God, why do all of them have the the jellyfish outfit? I I don't all know. Of them. It's so bad. 
I just, I also do like that, like, Blue is their leader, but also, like, I get what's happening here and there, and the whole realm is going to rally behind Snow and Charming. I get that at the same time, but it was just like, boy, we rallied every single fairy just to put, like, 12 men to sleep for a rescue mission. Mm-hmm. For a guy who's not even yet your king, like, he's nobody at this point to anybody. And Snow's kind of nobody. She just has her, like, found family. So I just thought that this was just, like, a very big move for a whole bunch of nobodies. I guess that speaks to the fairies, but still means Blue Shady doesn't get her yeah. off the hook for me. So Snow ends up, she goes down there and she opens up the thing. She's like, I'm here, Charming. And no, it's a mirror. He's not even here. That part of the scout work couldn't have been done. Red. <laughs> Is he even there? Or have a fairy freaking scout or the grasshopper, somebody small who could go be like, Charming's in there. He's definitely not in a mirror. He's a person. Let's go. Yeah, he's there. And I'm going to wait here. And if he leaves, I'll come tell you. Anyway, she gets down there and is like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, don't worry. Is this going to be our life for now? Like their hands pressed against the glass. Don't worry. We'll we'll be together one day. (laughs) <laughs> and Regina just smokes it away and she's like, okay, listen, I don't want you to start licking the mirror. I couldn't deal with it. I'm like, I love this version of Regina so much. So good. And she's like, listen, I would like a parlay. We will meet where it all started. <sighs> so they go. Uh, Grumpy makes a joke about boobs, knives between boobs. <laughs> he calls them her tuffets. <laughs> I didn't catch that joke. He, she, yeah, she went. She was pulling this the the small like blade out of her out of her chest. She had a muscle start shorted in her bra, and he goes, "No, just at least keep the one between your tuffets." And she's like, "No, it's a parlay. It means nothing." And she takes all the all the blades off of her because she is just a walking health and safety hazard. <laughs> um, Ocean never sleeps, guys. Sorry. Um, so she goes to meet meet uh, Regina, and I like this scene because Regina walks into the stable. Where, where her beloved betrothed, well, not even betrothed, just beloved, was murdered. And she just looks so upset. She's in her queen guard. She's got her big collar and her giant hair. I love her giant hair so much. This was such good Regina outfit. Top top 10 of the season, Easy. in my opinion. Easy. Top yeah. five. She had like aqua, her Aquanet hair standing all the way up, which would look so bad on literally anybody else. Whatever. She stands there, and this is such a great moment from Lana that she pulls off where it's just, she just looks devastated. And then Snow says, you know, Regina or whatever she says, and like her face just goes blank. And then she just turns around with her neck all up, and she's just like, let's walk. So they walk, and they go to the weirdest gravestone I've ever seen. Yeah, it looked like uh, a hope chest. It did. It also kind of looked like a small version of the place where Regina keeps heart. Like, it looks like a small mausoleum. Like, they'd shoved what was left of, of him in this thing. And it has a heart on it. It just wrote, very corny prop. I didn't exactly care. It also was unnamed. Like, let's put his name on it. She's like, this is where he is. She's like, oh, you know, Snow White is just like, oh, I thought he ran away to a farm upstate. No, dumbass. My mom killed him. Because you couldn't keep your mouth shut. And Snow very rightfully points out, well, you murdered my dad. So, I feel like we might be even? And Regina says, no, I don't think so. What I'm going to have you do instead is eat this apple that's going to put you in a tomb of your own body. (laughs) But you need to eat it all by yourself. Here you go. 
One thing I do want to point out about this scene that I thought was really interesting um, was that I found Jennifer Goodwin was harnessing the young actress who had played younger Snow. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like she was regressing into that child relationship with Regina. And you could see Jennifer Goodwin in her mannerisms and the way that she was using her face she was almost mimicking that young actress who had played the younger version of her character. And I thought that was really interesting because yeah, like snow came, snow's been tough. She's put up a tough front, but in the end she's still that vulnerable girl and she's being confronted with something that reminds her of that relationship and the failures in it and yeah. taking her back. And so I just, I wanted to put, put a shout out to that. Cause I thought it was really good. No. And I agree. I think that that's, that was very noticeable because uh, snow definitely had a very vulnerable feel to her. Like something you don't see when she's with anybody else uh, because she's scared, but she also imprinted on Regina very young because she loved Regina right up until, you know, everything all went to shit. Uh, but I think that there's like there's a power dynamic that you never really get over when someone's that much older than you and you meet them as a child. Like you never feel like an adult around them. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like with your parents, you never quite feel like an adult, even though you're with them. Like the moment you step into their house, like you're worried about breaking curfew. Like you're like, oh damn, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm an adult woman with a child. I don't have to listen to anybody. Yes, mother, I'll clean up the dishes. Yeah, you know, just stuff, something like that. Anyway, uh, you're right. That was that's very good. I I, I did notice her acting was superb in this and i couldn't put my finger on it and that's what it is uh so she hands her the apple and she says i need you to eat this by yourself just you need to eat it willingly (laughs) i was like why in the world would i do that oh because if you don't i'm gonna kill charming and it's not even like snow doesn't even hesitate she's like if i take a bite of this you won't kill him that's the deal yep okay (sighs) and she just on the ground immediately all very dramatic just arm down and then the apple to go to a place unknown, but they basically, they, that's when, uh, red has the worst tracking skills because she's in the barn going, I don't know. She's in here somewhere. And grumpy's the one that found her. It's like, <laughs> she's on the hill dead. So anyway, that's what they're doing. But then the apple is dun, 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 rolling into unknown, but yes. we do it know to? it's rolling into, into the unknown. No! Oh, no, Frozen. Frozen's coming up in a few seasons. <laughs> <laughs> we got anyway, some time. We got some time. Okay, yeah. We got, we, we got, we got, a lot of, got a lot to work through before we get there. But, yeah, it ends up falling through a wormhole in through Jefferson's hat, and Jefferson catches it and hands it over to Regina. It's like, oh, so this is what you were wanting. And Regina's like, hell yes, this is perfect. This I would exactly have loved what to be like, I no, need. it was supposed to be a gun. What the hell is this apple? <laughs> And yeah, so she she needs Emma. She's like, I'm going to repeat the same thing I did to Snow to Emma. But, you know, I can't give her a bitten apple and be like, here, take a second bite of this thing. Yeah. Instead, she's going to um, make one apple tart. Just one. <laughs> the biggest apple tart. In the I, world. First of all. really good. First of all, the lamination on that. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry and, and Prue. I don't know Prue's name, but or Prue's last name. But anyway, she's 10 out of 10. She wins, gets a handshake. It's a whole thing. Um, also, you forgot over the part of her holding the eaten apple going, now, 
how do I get the savior okay. to taste my forbidden fruit? That's right. That's exactly where that happens. And uh, and and a million tumblers were born that day. Oh my god! So yeah, she makes it into a single giant tart. She's just like, wow. How do I get the savior to come over? Good news. Yes, the savior uh, just comes over. Yeah, she's just she's just there, and uh, Emma's there to have her own parlay. So it's kind of a repeat of what we got before. And Regina plays it really cool. And and they have what in normal circumstances would be a very healthy adult conversation. Um, Emma says she's leaving, uh, but, you know, she still wants to be able to see Henry because, you know, she is now in his life and that's not going to change. And Regina agrees, but we all know she's like... <laughs> I'm going to make her eat a poison apple tart. It's going to be so great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, this like is so good. This really nice moment. She's like, you know what? I still kind of want you dead. Yeah. Here you go. I'm going to take this apple tart straight from the oven into some pla- in a plastic container. It just, come on, guys. This is no, terrible. Terrible plan. You, you at least put it on top of some wax paper so that it doesn't well, some melt parchment the plastic. Paper. Well, some, parchment. Some you're parchment right. You're right. I'm in parchment. I don't bake, in case you couldn't tell. Okay, so I, I, I did also like just like Regina's low-key flex of, here's my giant tart that no one's ever seen, that, like the likes of this size. And like, I'm going to just blindly pull the perfect piece of Tupperware out because I am a perfect mother. Like it was just like, I would have pulled out 15 different ones be like, no, <laughs> no, damn it. no, damn it. Like, and also it wouldn't have had a matching lid. It would have had saran wrap on t- <laughs> Just put it in a gallon bag. Here you go. And the thing is, like, if I were Emma, I would be suspicious as hell about this. Where Regina's like, yeah, let's be friends. Here's one tart I made. I'm just going to give you all of it. I'm not even going to slice it in half and keep half for myself for this thing I presumably spent about two hours making. I'm just going to give it to you. There. It's just. No. Yeah. And, and no, then, that thing would have been in the bushes. Too. Yeah. Just no. Is- and- <laughs> yeah, I haven't been like, yeah, sure we're not. So there's just a bunch of unconscious raccoons out in the front yard. What in the world? <laughs> well, Regina heads over as Emma heads out, tart in hand. Regina's feeling real good about herself. She heads over to Mr. Gold's and is like, I fucking got this in the bag. The curse is going to be around forever. There's nothing you can do about it because I did some more magic. <laughs> And Gold reminds her of the theme of the season, if not the entire series. All magic comes at a price. And Regina very stupidly is like, well, you can pay it. And everyone's like, no. No one gets that choice. Like, what in any of your lessons have you learned that you get to just be like, deflected? Like, no thanks. Like, boom. You don't get to do that. Magic's coming for you no matter what. Like, even if you, like, aren't the one that performed the magic. Like, I think we've seen in, in like, er, like later episodes that it, like, even affects people who are, like, kind, like, tangentially involved. So, like, magic just knows. You're not allowed, to, you can't cheat magic, you can't deflect the magic, but Regina seems to think she's done just fine. She's done great. Yeah, it's totally fine and nothing's wrong. The end. Well, elsewhere, the one thing that Regina cares about more than anything else, Henry, he's... He's kind of being put into a bit of a corner 
like the pieces are lining up for Henry, just like his mother, Regina, to make a very irrational decision. Because he goes to visit August because he wants some help for Operation Cobra. And this scene destroys me every time. Because it's, again, like you said last week, this is what this actor was hired to do. Was do this version of August. The, The one who has tried and failed and cares so much, but has to, like, make a really hard decision. I was going to say, before we get into it and everything, I will say the only part that I kind of chuckled slash cringed at was when he was like, well, I haven't been a very good boy. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just... Bless um, the actor's heart. He he delivered it. Like, he, he delivered tried. it earnestly. So what yes. else? I've yes. learned that August can't say Papa and he can't say little, like, I'm not a good boy without just making me want to take a shower. Like, ugh. <laughs> Well, August tells uh, Henry that he can't, he, he's kind of done. He can't, he can't fight anymore. He shows Henry the, the, the wood on his body, which has now extended to his arm. Um, and he just says, look, I'm tired and I can't walk anymore. And soon it's going to be hard to breathe, which I'm like, holy shit, his lungs are going to turn to wood. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. That's terrible. I did kind of like this because this did have kind of like, this had a very real end of life conversation. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like most of the times this is, would be reversed where it would be like a father saying this about his son being like, listen, everything in my body is failing. I don't have time for this. I just want to spend time with my son. So this is the reverse v- version of this where it's just like the son was the one that ran away. He just wants to spend time with his father because he knows that his time is literally, if I'm remembering correctly from next week's episode, which I haven't watched, but from when I first watched it, I mean, matter of hours. Like, mm-hmm. this this all starts happening pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a very real human moment from a person who's turning into a marionette. So it's like, this, I love this. I love that you can get so much real, raw human emotion from such an absurd concept. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I love this scene a lot, and it breaks my heart, and... It leads Henry, you know, Henry is now, he now has to make Emma believe. And he has a real hard timetable now because uh, August is at death's door. So Henry is like, oh shit, not only do I have to make my mom believe it, it, magic and curses are real, but I have to do it in like 15 minutes. So he heads back to Mary Margaret's place to meet Emma there. And Emma breaks the news that she's, she's getting out of Dodge. She's leaving town. And he's like, this is the, and this is the scene that you were talking about before where he's begging and pleading with her to stay because she has to break this curse and she has to bring the happy endings and she has to stop the evil queen and has to reunite with her parents. And, and yeah, from an adult's perspective, what is this child doing? To, so, and, and again, to that point where I know I'm, I'm kind of laughing about it, but at the same time, uh, props to the actor as a child actor because i could feel it like this is the desperation of a child mm-hmm. who is desperately trying and he does this in the car as well where it's like like my heart like felt like i was just like oh my god like if you have like if you saw a kid doing this you your heart would break for them like you're like i don't know how to help you right now you're asking me to do something completely insane and that's what emma kind of gives like emma is having this very real moment of being like, I, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing right now. What am I supposed to say 
to a kid that's having this much of a meltdown and just i mean he's not crying he's not screaming he's not throwing anything he is just like cranked up to 11 of an emotion that i guess desperation is the only only emotion and that's when he 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 sees the tart and that's when it like again through emma's brain what she must have been thinking when he started screaming it's poisoned yeah because he looks over he gives her a hug and during their hug he looks and sees the tart he's like what the f is that and emma's like oh yeah your mom like made me a peace offering she made me she gave me uh, a tart and she's like no 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 this is a poison tart. She's evil queen. What are you doing? And of course, Emma, so like set in her ways that the real world is the real world and that magic doesn't exist, which is the logical conclusion. She's like, I'll tell you what, I'll prove it to you. I'm going to eat it. It's going to be fine. And of course, Henry's like, no, 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 no. And he grabs it and is like, I'm sorry it's going to come to this. You have to believe. And he takes a bite. And they pause for just long enough for Emma to give that, oh, you poor child look. Yeah. Where it's just like, come on, let's now let's go. Let's go to Granny's and get some ice cream. And then, boom, he falls to the floor exactly like his grandmother did so many years ago. And he is now under a curse. And that's where we leave the episode with Emma looking on in horror as her son has presumably died of a poison given by his own mother. So, so this is all very dramatic. And like I said, then they cut to black. I was just like, no, Uh, the two things that I will kind of laugh about just a little, and they're little directional things that I, I don't know if we were supposed to notice or if you noticed him or anything, but first of all, when Henry takes his bite, he he mimics a bite uh, because, as I've heard many actors tell on many podcasts, they if you take a bite in a scene, you just have to keep doing that scene, so you're just going to be eating for four hours. So they were just like, no, you need to pretend to take a bite of this monstrous tart, and so it's just like he's like, I took a bite. Uh, so I just I thought didn't that I don't see know that. <laughs> Oh no, yeah, it's just like he's he puts it kind of in his face, but he clearly doesn't take a bite. There's not even any like sound effect for crunching. Like there's it's a little thing, but it was just one of those things that popped in my brain. But also the shot is the very end shot is Henry dramatically strewn out strewn out on the on the floor, and Emma's shadow is not moving towards him. It's just the sound of Henry, Henry, oh my god. Like she's just standing there in shock when I feel like Emma would have run to him. I, that was my only little critique of that scene where it was like, it was all very dramatic until Emma wasn't moving. Like, yeah, I can agree with that. I also think she's probably so shocked because there's so many things that she has to process at the same time. One of them is, holy shit, my son just got poisoned, presumably by his own mother who was trying to poison me. But also, he's saying it's because of a curse. And this other guy was saying there's a curse. And now he's eaten an apple tart. And he's fallen too. Like, I, I feel like she's kind of, she's allowed a second to be in total shock before I guess, running to him. I feel like, I guess my, my analysis of her character is like in her, in her fight or flight instinct, I feel like she doesn't freeze up a whole lot. Like, I feel like she mm-hmm. would have moved. Like, seeing a kid just dead ass fall is tough like you're you're not supposed to react to them like because you're not like they'll they'll find out that every time that they fall they're gonna get attention 
it's the hardest thing for me to do because I'm just always the moment anything starts happening, I'm on my feet, I'm ready to go. Um, and I just feel like that that's kind of energy Emma would have. But I also do like, I think that if it would have been Regina in the same scenario, not knowing what was going on and watching Henry just hit the ground, she would have hands on the hip. Really? You're going to pretend to fall? Henry? Henry, like, I'm just standing there tapping your toe, being like, oh, you're pretending to die now. Very dramatic. I'm leaving. Grabs her purse and walks out the front door. Uh, but yeah, no, this was this was a, a crazy ending. And I'm I just I forgot about it. And I'm so upset. And I want to watch the next episode. <laughs> I know. It's just like it, it's such a powerful cliffhanger because it raises the stakes in in such a huge way and we have one episode left so presumably we're going to get that that resolution with this curse and, that we've been building up to for so long and now it's hit home and i do like also that they dropped a couple of hints about the next episode like obviously this it's not super foreshadowing if it happens the episode before a two-parter uh but we see emma in her red jacket with a sword and we see uh, they make a comment about waking a sleeping. Hopper makes the comment about waking a sleeping dragon. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a couple of the comments where you're just like, "It's coming." I don't. I still don't know how we end up here, but I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. She's got the outfit ready, at least in her dreams. In her dream, <laughs> yeah, in in Regina's dreams. <laughs> Woo! Well, guys, that was season one, episode 21 in Apple Red as Blood. Uh, very good episode. I love, and, and we didn't spend enough time talking. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time talking about everything. But I just want to also <laughs> give just a shout out to how they reinterpret the Apple story for Snow White and Regina in that it's not an old woman. It's not her in disguise as an old woman tricking her to eat an apple. Here, are you hungry? Have this apple. Ha ha ha, you fell down. Instead, it's it's a choice. And it's, it's a moment between these two characters that they've been building up to for so long. And Snow makes the choice for herself and to save the person that she cares about. I do. I And, and this never gets explored, but I thought about it during this episode where... Like Regina do- has been doing so much legwork. She does so much legwork in 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 the fairy tale land and in Storybrooke to try to get back at Snow White slash Mary Margaret. So much work, so much energy. She is consumed by it. Meanwhile, Snow did nothing. Snow accidentally let something out and completely ruined Regina's life. Like Snow did very little energy was put into this. But Regina is using her entire life and mission, and she keeps getting thwarted. Like, there's this whole thing of just be like, I can accidentally ruin your life in, like, five seconds. But if I have to plan to do it, it's going to take me 35 years and several poison apples. Well, no, just the one poison apple that I'll just keep reusing. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that that's an interesting narrative, like, choice. Like, I, I don't know if I'm just reading into it or not. But, yeah, I just think it's funny. It's just like, snow ruins lives like that. Regina takes a while, never accomplishes. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that, that, that scene. I don't remember. It's a scene where it's like, I've spent 20 years trying to hunt you down for what you did. And, and it's, it's like Thanos where he's just like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I don't even know your name. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, this was, this was great. And I'm very excited to talk about the next episode. Um, so much. Yes. 
We have one more episode for season one that is wild. Uh, after that, we will, of course, have a season one recap discussion episode where we're going to go into our highlights and our lowlights. Although, to be honest, there aren't that many. Although, by God, there are a few and we're like an episode like six to ten range. Just saying there's a few things in there. <laughs> yes i'm yeah the again it, it seems like it's 22 episodes and i know that all the other seasons are just equally as long but i mean this has been a wild ride from start to finish mm-hmm. so there's there's so much to cover and stuff that i'm i'm guarantee you that i've already forgotten about like i've forgotten more about season one than we have left to watch like it's just like oh damn because uh, it's just it's a lot it's so much mm-hmm. happens and it and there's so much to go. Like, I keep watching this going, wait, where'd Hook go? He has not been introduced yet, Abby. Focus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, be sh- you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash OUA timing. We, of course, want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for supporting us, uh, especially our snow queens. That is going to be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Foolcult, Paul Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, Matt LeClerc, and Zach Chobanoff. Thank you so much for being our wonderful Snow Queens. And uh, if you want to join our Facebook group, that is facebook.com slash group slash OUA Timing. You can follow us on Twitter at OUA Timing. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with the season one finale that I have to see the title for. What's the title? I don't remember. But it's good. It's called A Land Without Magic. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. And the oh, and I have a little recap image up, and it's it's Emma kissing Henry on the forehead. No, he's in a hospital. No, my heart and my feelings. I am not prepared to deal with it. Uh, uh, yes, my wonderful um, husband so- just walked by as I was screaming into the void. <laughs> Listen, listen. Hey, if he's going to live with a pregnant woman, he needs to get used to it. Okay? Yeah. Sometimes, like, that third trimester is a lot of screaming into the void. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you again for joining us. And, Abby, we will see you next week for the season finale. See you next week. Advocate for those who need support and make a difference in your community. Earn a Bachelor of Social Work from Grand Canyon University. GCU is a premier private Christian university offering online social work programs with affordable tuition and personalized support. In addition, you can earn your Master of Social Work by completing the Bachelor of Social Work plus just one additional year instead of two. Find your purpose. Visit gcu.edu slash social work to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.